Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. With me is trainer Dominic Ingle. Uh, lots been kind of happening around your gym. Your fighters have been dominating the, the headlines recently. Let's start with Kid Galad. Obviously, we learned uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago that Josh Warrington vacated his IBF title. Just your, your thoughts and your reaction to that, please, Dom. Yeah, you know, it was always an, op- an option because uh, he got this fight, uh, proposed fight with Kanzu. So um, that didn't materialise. And the the other option was to fight Galad, which he, he stated all along. And we knew he didn't want to fight Galad, didn't want to do that fight again. For, for whatever reasons. And uh, so, yeah, he, he vacated instead of taking the fight. Um, you know, that's, and that's how boxing is. You, if you're the champion uh, and you want to defend that belt, you fight all comers. It's like, you know, some fighters, like the Mayweathers, they can cherry pick a little bit and they've got a good relationship with the governing bodies. They can do that. But it takes time to get to that status and that level, you know. And Josh Ryan's not at that level. So you've got to do your, you've got to do your, donkey work and do the grind and put yourself in that position so you know one or two defences you can't be then picking picking and choosing who you want to do if you want to be the IBF champion you have to defend against the IBF mandatory and let's not forget it's only the IBF who force everybody to fight the mandatories they're the only organisation so before anybody thinks there's anything underhand going off they have to play everything by the book and that's why people get the chances Spoke to Barry a couple of times this week and of course he's going to get a shot at the World Cup, the vacant IBF, but he was really disappointed it wasn't going to come against Josh Warren. How do you feel about it? You know, it doesn't matter to me. It's a personal thing for Barry. Um, nobody likes to get beat and if somebody beats you, you always are trying to have your turn to beat him back. Uh, so I can understand his point of view. Uh, for me as a trainer, it's just fight with in front of you. Uh, probably not such a big attraction in the lockdown Galahad against Warrington because there's no crowd. Um, so, um, you know, that's a, a personal thing for Barry. Uh, and, you know, I'm just looking forward to the next fight, uh, Barry fighting for the world title, whoever it is. 
and, and getting the belt. Could be another rematch of Barry against Jazza Dickens. What do you think about that fight? Yeah, it could be. And, you know, same again. Jazza Dickens has, has put the groundwork in over the years. It's seven or eight years since he boxed Barry. Fantastic fight. And a bit of a crossroad. It was a crossroad fight for both of them at the time because both unbeaten prospects fighting for a British title at that stage in the careers. You don't usually get that. Uh, Barry obviously has gone one direction, done well. Jazz has had to claw his way back in. He's won the golden contract, which is great. And, you know, good fighters always rise to the top of the pile. And, you know, they take your hat off to Jazzery for everybody. Boxer Gondo got his jaw broke, came back from that. He's had a lot of setbacks. But, you know, he's put himself back in the mix and fair play to him. So it'll be a different fight. Um, you can never take it for granted just because you beat somebody before. You're going to beat him again. Uh, you've got to every, every fight is a banana skin and it's, it's, it's going to be hard. That's how you have to look at it. If you go on Barry's recent social media, I think it's quite clear to see there's going to be some big news of him uh, potentially signing with someone. I'm, I'm sure you can't really say much, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, last year, look, we, we had this eliminator with Marrero and we were talking to BBC uh, and we had a deal in place. You know, we, we gave Eddie the option of doing something um, and we ended up working with Eddie for that fight. We got less money, but the fight was in England. It was in Sheffield on a Kel um, Brook undercard. Uh, on a Kel, yeah, he was on the undercard of Kel Brook. And, um, you know, it worked out. Um, it, you know, fighters will always prefer to fight in their own country. So they've always been they've always been in the background or, you know, there's always been an option there. And they put a bid in for this fight uh, with Warrington and Galahad. And I think they were the only people who put a bid in. It wasn't a lot. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, Warrington vacated. So... Look, there's always Barry's a free agent. We work with Eddie, you know. We've always give Eddie the option of, um, of of having the first offers and refusals and things. And when he boxed that eliminator in February, you know, Warrington was still with Frank Warren, and you know, we were told we were going back in with Warrington, get in that position. And then Warrington went assigned with Eddie, so they kind of slowed the process up. So we went through the elimination process. You know, everything was on board for that fight. We we're going to chase Warrington down again. And then as soon as Warrington signed with Eddie, it all like kind of went pear-shaped. So, you know, you've got to look out for the fighter at the end of the day. You know, everybody's got to do the job. But, you know, that's the fight that Barry wanted. It's been a year. And, uh, you know, he still, he, he, he still hasn't got in, in, in the ring with Warrington. So, you know, you've got to look at all the options. We can, we, he's a free agent. He can work with anybody. It's always going to give him the best offer. You know, Jazz is backed by MCK. Uh, there's a few people, you know, being in touch with me. Uh, once you know what the situation is, he's, he's Barry not tied to a promo. He's not. He's not signed a deal with with Eddie, and but we're always giving Eddie the first option. Um, you know that's what we've done in the past. So you know at the minute, um, it's up out there for negotiation, and um, I'm going to maybe email the IVF and ask them to make it go straight to a purse bid. We've we've already wasted time enough in this process and I don't want to be waiting for four weeks for negotiation then another couple of weeks for purse bid let's just get on with it now see who wants to make the fight and let's get the fight made and get you know Kid Galahad moving well hopefully that situation for yourself and Kid Galahad resolves itself uh, sooner rather than later let's talk about uh, the wrecking machine at middleweight Liam Williams um, really glad to hear that the WBO reordered that fight between him and Dimitris Andre. I'm sure you felt the same way yeah, I think it's in two weeks' time. Um, to two weeks today, I think, I believe. Spoke to Andy Ealing from uh, Frank Warren's team and they're putting the first bid in. Um, so, you know, everybody's, everybody's pushing for that fight. And it's a fight, you know, we believe no matter where it is, we can win. I think Liam Williams has got the style to beat Andrade. Um, you know, looking at his performances, he is a good fighter. 
I don't think he's the, the biggest of punchers. He can punch if he hits you right. But look at his fight with Luke Keeley, hitting with every shot in the, you know, in his repertoire, and he's, he's done full on and flush. And you know, he didn't really take Keeler out with one shot. So Liam Williams is a different proposition. He can fight, he can punch, he's pressure fight, he's very fit. And if you're looking at performances and common opponents, as in Atlantis Fox, compare, you know, boxing Andrade, it was a close fight. And, you know, Liam Williams completely destroyed that kid. You know, Liam Williams isn't afraid of anybody. Sometimes he can be his own worst enemy for fighting the right, you know, the wrong tactic in a fight. But, you know, over his last four or five fights, he's got all the tactics right, put it all into place, and he's making fights easy. And, you know, people like Boo Boo, they can talk. You know, he likes to be a showman. He likes to think he's smart. We had all the banter with Billy Joe Saunders. But I think Billy beats him as well as Liam Williams. And uh, like I say, he's, he's not really boxed anybody since he's had that title. Uh, he's been chasing the bigger fights because he's wanting the bigger money. Um, you know, but it's like I say, it's a lot of risk fighting the likes of Liam Williams for what he's going to get out of it, the credibility and the money. Uh, but it's the fight that Liam Williams wants to have and he's going to take it and, and take his chance. Well, that's one fighter, uh, obviously, Liam's been uh, directly linked to. Another one that uh, has been popped up recently is Chris Eubank Jr. Now, Chris made some comments recently about someone you know very well and your former fight in Kell Brook. And obviously, he said the same thing about uh, your man, Liam Williams, that there'd be tune-up fights. What did you think about that, Don? Well, like, it's like somebody said, aren't they? He's been tuning up forever and a day, aren't he? He's, you know, he's, when he's... When he's when is Chris Eubank Jr. actually going to achieve anything? You know, has he been a world champion yet? You know, has he fought for a world title yet? So you're talking Kelbrook, who's had two or three world title fights. Liam Williams, who's had two or three. And Eubanks is still tuning up. So, you know, Kelbrook is coming to the end of his career. So he's cherry-picking that one. In both in the prime, Kelbrook would walk straight through Chris Eubank Jr. Too, too much, uh, too mobile. Eubanks is too static. He's all right if he stood there. And Liam Williams had also beaten, but it's like, is anybody really bothered about Christian Eubank Jr. anymore? Do you know what I mean? Are you bothered about him? Is anybody buzzing about him? Not really. He's not with any big promoter. He's not with Frank Warren. He's not with uh, Eddie Hearn. You know what I mean? He's like, um, and you have to ask your question, yourself that question, why is he not with these big promoters? Probably because he's too hard to deal with. He probably He's probably commanding and demanding things that top A-level fighters, four-star, five-star fighters are wanting, but he's not one of them. He just think, him and his dad just think they are in their own imagination and they're not. So I don't really, I don't even watch them interviews with him because he's not really coming up with the goods, is he, in the fights? Is he, as, excited, is he, is he as, as exciting as Liam Williams? No, he's not. Just to kind of play devil's advocate a bit there, Dom, just because of his name, yeah. do you not think yeah. he's still a, a product, especially... For someone like Liam Williams, if the, if the deal was a 50-50, it'd still be... A, that's a massive fight in the UK, Dom. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is, but look, he's waited till Kell's been beat by Crawford, Terence Crawford, in four rounds. Then at ten and a half stone. Kellbrook is going to be 36 this year, I think. I think he's 36. And that's old for a fighter, especially a lightweight fighter. So, we never heard... You know, Kelbrook, Kel don't forget, let's not forget, when Eubank Jr. pulled out of the fight with Golovkin, who, and he's a middleweight or whatever he is, Eubank, Kelbrook, a welterweight, took that fight. So, you know, was it a good move, move or a bad move or whatever it was, you know, he, he took the fight. And now Chris Eubank Jr. calling Kel out when, for me, Kel's not the fighter he was, you know, what he was five or six years ago. 
And like I said, if in the prime, it would be for me, it would be a good fight. And Keller beat him easily. But for me, it's not a fight now because Eubanks is at a different stage. He's younger than Kel. Uh, he's had less mileage. He's been less hard fights. And like I say, Kel got stopped in his last fight. So yeah, it might be a big fight in the UK. But why Why would Kel put himself in that position? You know, against a fighter who in his day, he would have wiped the floor with. Why take, you know, why take, why, why take that? Why give him the chance? Why give him the satisfaction of doing that? I won't. You know, why would you? What about the fight between Chris and Liam? What happens in that? Yeah, Liam beats him as well. Liam beats him as well. Liam's, we, Liam, Liam's too too good of a boxer. Eubank Junior is not a good boxer. He, he doesn't get himself into position to throw the shots. Look, when he boxed Billy Joe Saunders, he should have won that fight. Billy Joe Saunders weren't even fit. And Billy Joe Saunders beat him for six rounds then blagged him for the next six. And Eubanks ain't got a boxing brain. And his dad got in the corner for the first three rounds. His trainer's Ronnie Davis and Chris Eubanks Senior is telling him what to do. Do you understand? And he, did, he didn't work out. What, and then after halfway through the fight, I think he turned over. So what does it tell you? They've got, he's got a clan working with him. You've got a fellow there, yeah, uh, Ronnie Davis, who's trained fighters in the past, knows what he's on about. But that's a fight. If he was going to be or turn into anything of any kind of decent fighter, he should have won that night. It was all geared up for him to win. You know what I mean? Uh, Billy Joe Saunders really wasn't the star attraction. Better fighter, better boxer. But Chris Eubank Jr. got the name. And it would have been great for him to win and go on, but he didn't because he hasn't got the quality, he hasn't got the ground and he hasn't got the background and he's not a well-schooled fighter. So, you know, people love to hate him. He does the interviews, he winds everybody, he draws everybody in. But, you know, the top and bottom are it is he'll never get the big fights because they're just probably too difficult to deal with. That's what I've heard anyway. You said Kel walks straight through uh, Eubank Jr. Do you believe Liam Williams does the same? They both walk through him? Kel, Kel Brook in his prime would easily beat Chris Eubank Jr. easily. And Liam Williams now will punch his, you know, will punch him, punch him to pieces, but in a smart way. You know what I mean? Chris Eubank Jr. hasn't got the fitness, he hasn't got the punch power, he hasn't got the punch, he hasn't got the boxing brain, and he hasn't got the punch variation to beat Liam Williams. But I don't, don't even know why we're talking about this fight because Liam Williams is boxing Andrade, so it's Eubanks who's trying to get himself into the mix. You know what I mean? So you know, let him get himself into the mix. Liam Williams is on a different route. He's turned his career around, um, and like I say. Eubank Jr. couldn't even be a faded end of career George Groves. So, you know, he should be beating them type of kids. Should be keeping, but he didn't. And then George Groves, two or three fights later, whatever, got beat quite badly. So it's not he's like he got the best version of George Groves. Even when he got like a wounded animal, he couldn't beat him, could he? So it's talk, it's great. You know, it's, it's good if you're a boxing fan. And on paper, it looks like, you know, it's like it's a bit like Amir Khan beating Barrera. And Manu Nas couldn't be off. Oh, he's brilliant. I mean, can't must be better than Nas then. But no, <laughs> Barrera were way past his best. But people who don't read who are fans, not, not everybody knows that, do they? They just look at the name. Well, Nazi Mambi didn't beat him, but Amir Khan did. Oh, he must have been better than Nas then. But it's the same with Eubanks, isn't it? He's, like I say, he's never really hit the highs, has he? Really, has he? Has he hit the highs in boxing? No, he hasn't. He's never lived up to the hype. So it don't really interest me. And, you know, I've seen him fight. I've seen him box Arthur Abraham. You know, I've seen him box. He never really, I've seen him box Tyan Booth, a journeyman who give him a life and death for so many rounds before he actually, you know, thought, what am I doing here? So he's never, he's just never, never really impressed me, Eubank. You know, he, he talks well and, you know, he, he gets people wound up. But he's not a, a patch on his dad. He's not, he's not even in the same, you know, he's not even 50% of his dad. He's just got the name, hasn't he? 
Well, Dom, uh, I'm sure we'll get news on Kid Gallad and Liam Williams very soon. I'm sure we'll have a catch-up after that as well. Before you go, I do want to quickly ask you about Willie Hutchinson. A lot of comparisons to Joe Calzaghe, especially from Frank Warren. What do you make of them comparisons? Um, yeah, listen, you've always got to, I suppose, to sell, sell a fight, you've got to compare them to somebody. But, you know, Joe uh, Calzaghe, Southpaw, Willie Hutchinson can switch as a switch hitter. Both stands. I think, you know, Joe got a good fighting stand. He got plenty of bottle, and you had to you had to kill him to beat him. You know, it's only when you look back years later now with the quality, you know, the fights that he had and the performances he put in. I was there when he beat Kushu uh, Bank uh, in Sheffield for the world title. Then, um, you know, great fighter Joe Calzaghe. You know, he's he's is he is he the same uh, for me? Not really. Um, I think Willie's going to make his own mark. I can't say. You know, they're comparing Dennis McCann to Nazim Ahmed. They're comparing Willie to Joe Calzaghe. I think it's a bit unfair, really. It's maybe a bit lazy, even, uh, you know, because I don't think Dennis McCann or, or Willie's like, you know, the same we are. But, you know, Willie's an exciting fight. He can punch. We, he's only just getting there. He's got a British title fight uh, against Leonard Clark. That'll be the telling of Liam, uh, of Willie Hutchinson, how good he really is. But, you know, we've had him sparring with great fighters like, or good fighters like Joshua Boatze. You know, loads of sparring come to the gym. He's, he's always performed well. We've had him against, uh, you know, uh, Shakan Pitters. We've had him against uh, Laron Richards. So he's had some good sparring with everybody. And you can see, you know, the quality he's got. Uh, still relatively, relatively inexperienced as, a, as a, a pro fighter, like 12 or 13 fights, whatever he's had. Regardless of his amateur, amateur fights. So it's a case of bringing him on steady. And I think this is the right step against uh, Leonard Clark. It's a, another step up. A kid who's been in title fights before is tough. He's well seasoned. And it's for Willie to do a job on him. You know, if he's going to labour to 12 rounds over this kid, you know, there's still a lot more work to be done on Willie. If Willie can get him out of there in five or six or b- before eight rounds, he's doing well because he's a tough kid. So this next fight will be the telling of where. Um, Willie Chin is going to be in the next you know, year or so so maybe it's a bit too early to compare him to the likes of Joe Calzaghe um, but I can see why they're saying that but for me you know Calzaghe had that unique style and uh, Willie's got his own unique style as well so we'll, call, we'll compare Willie Hutchinson to Willie Hutchinson for now I think Don, when's that uh, fight with Lennox Clark supposed to be? Do you know? Um, I think it's supposed to be in February, but I think they might be changing the date. In fact, they are changing it into March. We're just waiting for a date confirmed in March. So, all to do with the lockdown. We didn't expect a, another month of no boxing in January. And I think before we got that announced that there was going to be no boxing in January, the date was going to be in February. So, I think they've everything's been stopped for a month. So everything's moved on a month a month later. So, I'm, I think it's in March. I'm just waiting for the exact date to be confirmed. Okay, Dom, thanks for your quick catch-up on your stable. Uh, Hopefully that fight with Willie and Lennox happens in March and I'll see you there, all right? Thanks for talking to IFL TV. Top man. No problem, mate. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.